If it's working, right? Yeah. It's working like Helium Prime is working. There you go. Yeah. Beautiful. So, you're currently in the drive-thru at a Starbucks. Yeah. Um, I went to the one close to my house and they were closed today. I've started to notice that I guess some of them just close randomly. Uh, I assume it has something to do with COVID. But, uh, so I went to find another one and I, I, I'm, I'm guessing it's the only one open in my area because the line was in, is insane. Um, and so, cause I thought like, Oh, you know, I got 40 minutes or so before this plenty of time to go grab a coffee and I was completely wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> you are now in the forbidden zone, right? So there might be an awkward moment in the interview where I talk to the, the cashier so, but that's all right. All right, perfect. What are you getting? What 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 does Jason from Helium Prime get from Starbucks? I just get a Trenta cold brew, man. <laughs> okay. You know yeah. what the strange thing is? I have no idea what that is, but I'm pretty sure somebody out there somewhere is like, I get that too. Oh, uh, it's just a just a black coffee. Oh. Yeah, well, but I don't know. I, yeah, cold brew is just a, another way to brew the the coffee, like. It, it takes a, like I have a cold brew at home and usually you leave it in the fridge for like 24 hours or something. And I don't know, just, it makes the coffee better to me than just pouring a pot on. Okay. Well, I mean, sometimes you got to question everything. And if you question how you brew coffee, then you end up in the forbidden zone. I was going to connect that somehow, but it didn't really work out. It's all right. I love the effort. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Well, uh, Jason, welcome back on to the Rock Metal Podcast. And for those listening in, uh, I am your host, John Harris. Usually on my right-hand side is my right-hand man, Gabriel, but I don't know where he is. But if he comes in in the interview, he'll say boom. He'll say hi. Um, and then so today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Helian Prime, and they've got a new album called Question Everything, which is going to be out on October 5th via, and how do I say this? Sabot Reigns? Is that how I say it? Yeah. You got it. Nailed it. Okay, perfect. And so Jason is back on, and you've been on the show, I don't know, at least th- a thousand times. I uh, think for every release, you've had me on, so thank you again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you keep working. Got to keep working, man. Yep. You got to keep working. <laughs> and, and you know, oddly enough, you're a great guy to chat with. I mean, no joke, there was somebody, uh, it's like a record label, they were like, hey, you want to chat with this band? I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but when it comes when it comes to you, I'm like, yeah, I would well, love to. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sweet. Now, uh, speaking of forbidden zones and questioning everything, and you'd mentioned COVID in there, I think we'll just jump right into, um, have you been busier as a result of uh, the COVID situation? I noticed this album's releasing in October. Has it been pushed? I guess my big question then is, you know, has this really changed a lot for you guys or were things just kind of moving along minus the obvious shows and touring? Uh, things are kind of moving along. Actually, my original goal is September. So we're kind of ahead of schedule. Um, and the main reason for that is, uh, we're kind of self-releasing this one instead. So we're on our own schedule this time, which it's nice in a way. Um, but we had it done. We were ready to go. Uh, we did the Kickstarter, which was successful. And a lot of them were asking like, Hey, you know, when do you think the album will be out? And, you know, I was like, screw it. I was like, what is the earliest time we realistically could put it out, um, without just dropping it with no real 
advertisement time and i don't know october early october just kind of seemed like the time we we decided so there's really no significance to the date it was just the earliest we could get it out and still have time to promote it so yeah now that takes me through a couple of quick questions number one is you mentioned that you are self-releasing this one which is you mentioned kind of nice so i guess take us through that what was the decision to self-release instead of going through a label um well, you know, we were on AFM and they were really great and we had only a two album deal with them. So moving forward for the third one, we just kind of wanted to see how a Kickstarter would do. Um, and I don't know, the decision was just like, let's just see what we could do on our own, you know? Um, and we did actually look around, you know, talking with AFM and with other people and, at the end of the day, we got a few offers, but again, it was just like, well, we did really well with the Kickstarter on our own. Let's at least give one album cycle and just see what we can do. And if it doesn't work out, we can maybe look at a label option again uh, for the fourth album. Okay. Now, when it comes to the self-funding and going through the Kickstarter platform, I guess maybe take us through that a little bit. Why Kickstarter and you know, what was that process like? How did it end up working out for you guys? Um, well, sorry, I was paying for the coffee. And for the record, for people listening, I am on Bluetooth, so I'm not just sitting here on my phone. I feel like I got to throw that out. <laughs> and you were socially distanced when you paid for the coffee. So, exactly. So I'm, I'm doing the right thing. Um, I mean, $16,191, so, $16, it looks like you guys got from 323 backers. So, I mean, that's that's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. And, you know, the decision really kind of came down to for the second album, we didn't get, you know, that high of a budget from AFM, which is fine. You know, I get it. Business is business. We were a smaller band. It's kind of like, let's see how you do. Um, but Kickstarter is a, again, thank you, thank you. Kickstarter is again a really great way for us to kind of just do things the way we want to do it. There's certain things we wanted to do, uh, certain things we wanted to put out. Um, you know, it's always cool to get the fans involved. I know not everyone in the world is sold on Kickstarters, but really it's just a glorious sort of pre order that you get to be involved in. And, you know, get some really cool stuff that not anyone else will be able to get their hands on. So, uh, again, it was just all kind of the a push for that kind of self-independence, you know? Just do things our way kind of thing. Yeah, well, I'm looking at the page. The funny thing is, you know, I don't do much on Kickstarter, but my wife is so much into uh, thing p people that make stuff for like D&D, &D, for example, and... Uh, she's always, you know, pledging to, to, to projects on, on Kickstarter. And so, uh, I know, I, I don't hear very much that bands are making use of platforms like Kickstarter, uh, at least not in the last couple of years I've been, I've been doing the show. So I was just curious to hear more about that. And if it's something that would you do it again? I mean, absolutely. Like, again, uh, I'm not like to put, for example, I think we got like, you know, 5,000 euros, for the terror album from AFM and we made $16,000 from the Kickstarter that we don't owe to anybody. So for us, it's kind of like, which one would we prefer, you know? Um, and giving, <laughs> when, you, when you put it that way, Jason, 
<laughs> I just, just say, right? Like, uh, which one would you really want? Um, and so it was really great. And it was really humbling, too, because I was honestly kind of nervous. You know, obviously, Prime's been a little rocky and trying to land a singer, which I finally, you know, we finally feel like we did with Mary. And that's a whole other story that if people really care about it, you know, they can ask me. But um, anyways, so... I wasn't sure how it would do. And I was kind of nervous. Like, can we even do it? But we did, when we did it, we like surpassed our goal by a lot. So that was, it was like very humbling. And it was also like, Oh crap. We made way more than we thought we would. Um, so again, it was really nice to think like, all right, people still believe in us, you know? Mm-hmm. And I care. So, of course, I want to hear about Mary. Tell me the story about Mary. How did Mary get in here? How did she get involved? Well, and that's the thing. And it's really funny. Like, I kind of, I tell this to people. Mary was my first choice after Heather. She was recommended to me by Brittany Slays from Unleash the Archers. Because for those who don't know, I've been friends with Brittany for, you know, almost 10 years now. So she's kind of been my go-to for advice, uh, on things, and I was going to ask her, like, "Hey, do you know anyone who you think could, uh, who, who might be able to step in for Heather?" And um, she's like, "Oh, you know, how about Mary Zimmer?" And I actually hit up Mary, and she turned me down. <laughs> she said no. Ah, oh, Miss um, Zimmer. She turned me down, and so you know, we did the vocal search, um, and we found the singer Kayla. And then after that, we ended up going with Sozos, who I love Sozos to death. And, you know, we actually have a new project together um, called Planeswalker, <laughs> which is the gathering. So that's a whole other thing. Um, and so speaking of D&D and stuff like that. And so, but with Sozos, the complications came from him living in Europe and you know, just with all the visa issues going on around that time, it just, we realized it became impossible to get this guy out for tours. And so I hit up Mary, just like, you know, we got offered a tour with uh, Unleash the Archers. So I hit Mary up and I was like, screw it. I'm, I'm just going to see if, at the very least, if she'll do a tour with us. And so she said yes, because she's been kind of itching to get back on the road. And we just had a great time together. The chemistry was great. Um, and it just, I don't know, man, it just kind of felt right. And the, the issues with visas and Sozos, I was just, and I hated it. I was like, God, here we go again. Like, once again, we have to announce that we're changing singers. But for me, I'm always looking into the future and what will benefit the band. And I knew it was going to suck. And I knew we would take another hit. But at the end of the day, it's still felt like the right choice and so i'm glad i'm glad i did it you know i really do think mary's the one it's almost like she's kind of meant to be the prime singer just because of the little dance that we did right like i hit her up she says no we do a tour together the chemistry's good you know she's been with us for two years now you know unofficially and officially so it's just like you know we really think she's the one and, you know, Sozos and I, we got a new project together. Heather's been working with us again. So really behind the scenes, it's like a real big, happy family um, that not a lot of people really see, you know, like there's no bad blood between any of us. 
this is good. Now, one of the things I saw on the Kickstarter uh, thing was science-based metal, and we probably chat about, chatted about this uh, before, um, but especially with regard to uh, an album called Question Everything, and there's even a track called Question Everything. We have The Forbidden Zone. I guess if you take us through this this record, does this album have a theme running through it, and is it at all maybe coronavirus-related? Um, no, it's actually really funny that the timing for this album is kind of wild because I've had, I've actually had the idea for this album since we made our first album and it's not related in any way to COVID. Um, even though it could feel like that just with the way the world is right now, but it's completely unrelated. And the idea behind it is each song, except for, for funny enough, except for forbidden zone, which is the one song we put out and the title track. Each song is based on a real scientist or philosopher or someone who has made an impact over uh, throughout history um, in one way or another. You, and typically within this, the scientific world, uh, someone who's sort of questioned an idea or had a theory that at their time they were either ridiculed or looked down upon for, but, you know, time being their ally would show that, oh, they were actually right. So the, the greatest example is Galileo, and he's who inspired the album. You know, he wasn't the first person to, um, to, to theorize that the Earth isn't the center of the, the galaxy, but he was probably the most popular one to say it. And so... You know, I was, I was working at a school at the time, and I just kind of grabbed this Galileo book that we had for the kids, and it it just sparked the idea. Of, oh, you know, doing an album paying tribute to different scientists throughout history um, who, you know, we we wouldn't know the things we know now without them, but at their time they were considered it was considered like, oh, this is heresy. Like, how dare you say these things? But then it's like, oh, shoot, they're they're right. You know, um, but then <laughs> what? as I went, yeah, right. But as I went along and started doing the album, I started the the theme got a little more loose because I got inspired by a bunch of other people. For example, uh, Alan Turing. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he uh, he cracked the Enigma code in World War II. You know, that's one thing he's famous for. Um, and you know, he was kind of known as like the godfather of computers and AI. And if you've ever heard of the Turing test, um, it's like a test that if a, if a computer passes this test, it proves they have artificial intelligence and all this stuff. Um, so he was never really ridiculed for his theories or anything like that, but he was a homosexual. And for the time where he lived, that was illegal. So he was stripped of everything and he was forced to like do hormonal treatment for a year and he ended up killing himself. Um, and it wasn't until years and years later that they like issued a formal apology to him and stuff. And that, that just really, that story really inspired me to write a song. So again, I, I sort of moved my, the theme to things based on that, like not just like people didn't believe them, but, for being who they were, they weren't given the the chance they deserved, or something like that, you know. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, speaking of, I know this, the album's not related to coronavirus, but speaking of similar situations in relation to uh, coronavirus, Ignat Semmelweis uh, came up because 
all of his advice that he was admitted to an insane asylum for uh, and beaten to death, which is to wash your hands, uh, is you know tantamount to how we're we're beating this thing right now, and uh, it's it's interesting, you know, yeah. how how something something as simple as that. He was actually someone um, on the list of people to uh, that were to write about. We ended up not doing it, um, but he was definitely one of the candidates for a song. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, how come he didn't make it? Um, I don't know. Like at, at the end of the day, I just didn't feel inspired by a song where someone says, please wash your hands. You know? <laughs> oh, you could go, you could go deep, man. Cause they would, they would handle corpses and then go deliver babies and then wonder why the, the infants were dying. Oh, yeah. uh, no, what's funny is, um, so one of the guys who did make it, uh, Gregor Mendel, it was sort of a similar situation. And, um, I know I've said this before, so it's not like it's a secret, but Heather and I wrote this album again together. So she, she was there with me contributing uh, lyrical ideas and melodies and stuff. So we would go back and forth on like, okay, I want this song to be about that, this. And um, she's the one who convinced me to do Gregor Mendel. Cause it was kind of the same thing as like, dude, I don't really know if I want to write a song about a guy, you know, messing around with pea plants. And, and she kind of read up on him. She's like, dude, there's so many cool things we can, we can talk about with this guy other than just the pea plants. And I was like, all right, you know, go for it. Like, show me what you got. And she wrote the lyrics. I was like, oh, it's amazing. So I'm sure Heather could have found a way to make a, a song about him amazing. Um, so, you know, what could have been? Yeah. I know. Well, and peas are delicious. We're, we're harvesting our peas right now out of our garden. And, you know, man, you oh, man. <laughs> complete. Added, added to your rice is a complete protein. Bang-a-wang. There it is. Yep. Absolutely. Sweet. Okay. Now, I guess this is pretty, I want to call it maybe like an earthly album. We're talking about real people who did real things. Um, however, we've got, you mentioned a couple of tracks, uh, The Forbidden Zone. Uh, I think you said also as well, Question Everything. And then we've got, you know, these like demons. I guess maybe take us through like the demons and stuff like what's going on in the artwork for the forbidden zone. There's so many quests. I'm questioning everything. There's so many questions I have. <laughs> so um, again, the forbidden zone is the only song not based on a real person. Um, that song is based on Cor Dr. Cornelius from planet of the apes. Um, so what we have going on in that photo is just a reimagining of the closing scene from the original Planet of the Apes when the main character Taylor discovers that he's still on Earth and he finds the Statue of Liberty. Um, but, of course, we had to go Helium Prime with it, so instead of the Statue of Liberty, it's a Statue of Sabon. You know? And the, the, yeah, the gentleman on the ground is, you know, it's our quote, not Taylor, you know, for copyright issues. It's just a guy with long hair. Mm -hmm. And the figure next to him is again, quote, not Cornelius, um, comforting him. And so that's again, playing on the closing scene to Planet of the Apes. But the reason Planet of the Apes is one of my favorite franchises from the comics to the cartoons, to the movies, everything. Like I love the Planet of the Apes franchise and I always wanted to write a song about it. So when doing this album, I was like, you know, 
Cornelius fits perfectly into the theme of this album. So I was like, I guess I can sacrifice. So that's why we didn't write a song about the hand washing because I had to do a song about Cornelius. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the movie, if you know, people aren't familiar with the 1960s film, you know, Planet of the Apes. Um, in that film, Cornelius finds evidence that humans were there before the apes and they were once an intelligent, you know, civilization, which of course in ape culture is just heresy. How dare you say such things? Apes are animals or humans are animals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he eventually proves his theories to be right, but they do a whole cover up where they blow up the cave that holds the evidence and then they try him for heresy, even though they know full well that he was right. So I was like, well, this fits completely into the theme. That's close. That's good enough for me. So that's how, yeah. So we have the one, you know, science fiction song, but the rest of the album is pretty grounded in real life. Very cool. Well, Jason, that concludes my question. So unless there's anything that I missed, is there anything that you wanted to chat about that I missed? Uh, no, man. I think, uh, I think we got it all, you know? Don't give away too much, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah, you know, we got the new single out, Forbidden Zone. Um, we'll ha- Obviously, there'll be a couple others before the album comes out, so keep a lookout for those. Beautiful. All right, well, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast, Jason. Of course, man. Thanks for having me every time.